welcome to the 91st episode of the Podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than Food and Frightening Film Fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week we're covering the South Korean franchise Train to Busan. There are three films total in the series. Before I get started, uh, just a reminder that these movies are in Korean, so if you don't speak Korean, you'll want to watch with subtitles. For those of you who complain about subtitles, seriously, get over it. You're missing a lot of great movies without them. Plus, they're zombie movies, and you don't really need a lot of uh, dialogue in those. So the first film is Train to Busan from 2016. Adapted and directed by Yon Sang-ho. I will tell you now, I'm going to butcher all of these names, so I apologize. And starring Gung Yo as the father, So Suk Woo, Kim Soo-an as So Soon-an, the daughter of Suk Woo, and her mother is Nan Young. Young Yu-mi, um, she's the pregnant wife of Song Kyung. Ma Dong-suk is married to Song Kyung, um, and more on him a little bit later. Chao Woo-sik um, is Min Young-goo, a baseball player on the train. On Son-hee as Kim In-hee, uh, a friend of Min Young-gook, and Kim Yoo-sung as Young-suk, a business-type guy. The budget on the first film was $8.5 million. The box's office of $98.5 million. Runtime, 118 minutes. So, not very long. The next movie is actually an animated film, uh, Soul Station. It was released in Korea a month after the first movie, although I think it took it until the next year to reach the U.S., it serves as a sequ- as a prequel to Train to Busan. It was again and written by Young Sango Ho. St- um, stars, well, you know, just the voices for these people. Ryu Sung Rong, Shim Yu Kong, and Lee Jun in the lead roles. Budget was $575,000. Runtime, 92 minutes. So again, pretty short. And the last movie so far in the franchise is Peninsula, or the official title is Train to Busan Presents um, Peninsula. Some just call it Train to Busan 2. So it's from 2020, so last year, four years after um, the first movie came out. This is a standalone sequel. It takes place four years after the first movie and follows an entirely different group of characters. It is directed again by Young Sang-ho, written by Park Joo-suk and Young Sang-ho, starring Gang Dong-won as Young suk a former South Korean Marine captain, Lee Jung-kwon as Ming-joo. She has previous encounter with the um, Marine, which we'll talk about more later, Lee Ri as Jun, the oldest daughter of Ming Jun. Lee Yi Won as Yu Jin, the youngest daughter of Ming Jun. Kwang Hai Huo, father of Ming Jun and the grandfather of Jun and Yu Jin. 
The budget was $16 million and a box office of $42.7 million, so it still made uh, quite a bit of money. The runtime on that is 116 minutes. Where to find these movies? All three are currently available on Shudder. Train to Busan is also on Hulu and Crackle for free, or Amazon, Google Play, or YouTube for the usual $4 each. Peninsula, um, also the same places for free, including, um, as well as Amazon Vudu, Apple TV, or Sling, and Soul Station is a little harder to find. Uh, besides uh, Shudder, it's also on Tubi and Vudu for free. None of these movies are on Netflix. Rotten Tomatoes scores. Train to Busan. Critics gave it 94%. Audiences gave it 89%, which is very high. Um, Soul Station. Critics gave it 100%, but that's only with 23 reviews. Audiences gave it a 37% with 250 plus reviews, so that's a big difference in opinion there. And lastly, Peninsula. Critics gave it a 54. Audiences gave it a 76, so still not that bad. The plot, as usual, I will go over the plot, um, just read the brief IMDb synopsis, and then just talk a little bit about the plot. So Train to Busan, IMDb says, When a zombie virus breaks out in South Korea, passengers struggle to survive on the train from Seoul to Busan. The first scene of the movie shows a truck entering an area where the military tells him there's some sort of biotech plant leak. And if you watch any horror movies, you know what that means. Um, the guy eventually hits a deer, and then he leaves, and we don't see him again. But the camera goes back to where the deer's laying on the ground, and then he comes back to life, and his eyes are all gray. So that's not a good sign. Elsewhere, so Suk Woo is a workaholic and doesn't pay much attention to his young daughter. She wants to spend her birthday, since her parents are divorced, with her mother in Busan. Um, I think that's a maybe an hour, two-hour ride uh, from where they are. So they catch the train at the Seoul Station. And other passengers um, on the train include um, a working-class guy, as I said, Yun Sang Hua and his pregnant wife, Xiong Kyung, a selfish CEO type guy who is Yong Suk, a high school baseball team that includes baseball player Min Yuk Guk and cheerleader Kim Jin Hee, a train attendant, Kai Chol, and elderly sisters, In Gil and Song Gil, and a homeless stowaway. So the story gets started pretty quickly. After the father and daughter get on the train, and there is some sort of ruckus because an infected person has snuck on board, and um, things quickly go downhill. She infects other people, who in turn attack others, so the survivors are frantically trying to seal off the cars and fight their way through the zombies to get to the other cars. So um, everyone turns into zombies pretty quickly. Some characters are selfish assholes like the CEO and some sacrifice their lives for others and this will be a theme in um, all of the films in this franchise. The number of survivors keep going down, down and down and in the end they all suffer the same fate anyway 
There's a very touching scene where the father, after getting bitten, knows that he has to kill himself before turning, and he thinks back to the birth of his daughter and smiles at the end. So that was a very touching scene because his character arc is, has come uh, full circle and that he's redeemed himself by trying to protect his daughter. The daughter, of course, doesn't understand what's happening because she's so young, so she's crying her eyes out. Um, props to the actress who uh, played his daughter. She's really very good. Um, more on her a little bit later. And in the end, Shang Kuang and Suan are... So that's the pregnant woman and the little girl are the only two survivors, and they are forced to stop the train at a blocked tunnel just before they get to Busan. And so they walk through a tunnel, and there's some military snipers on the other side, and they're going to shoot them both because they think they're zombies, but then they hear Suan sing um, the song Aloha Oi, which was the in the very beginning of the movie. She learned this song, and she was supposed to sing it in class. Um, but her father never showed up, and so she she messed up the song. So because she sings that, they realize that the two people are human, and they help them to safety. And that's the end of the movie. There are tons of great action scenes in this movie, including the escalator scene where they stop at a train station and think that the military's there to protect them just to find out they've all turned into zombies. So they have to get off the escalator, run back up the steps. That's a good shot. There's a number of good aerial shots, including all the zombies being dragged on the back of the train, a la World War Z style, uh, like a bunch of ants piled on top of each other. There are zombies who file out of helicopters, um, land on the ground, smack on the ground, and then get up and start attacking people. So that's pretty fun. The zombies also in this film are especially good. They are all contorted on their backs and their arms are behind them. The director apparently hired dancers who specialized in popping in order to give them a special creepy effect. So these are some of the best zombies out there, I think. We learn eventually that the zombies will stop attacking if they can't see or hear you and that they are um, pretty much blind in the dark. So that... Uh, becomes important in another film a little bit later. Um, and another interesting thing about this is uh, Ma, who is the fighter who fights his way through the cars. Many times we see people who, people are always getting bitten in the forearm in these zombie movies. So if you protect your forearms and your hands, you might have a chance. Um, so um, it was nice to see him like try to uh, protect his arms. And that's a really good idea. Um, zombie movies typically are not known for great character development, but in the end, um, you really feel for the main characters in this movie and this makes it probably one of the best zombie movies out there. So that's it for Train to Busan in a nutshell. Next up, Soul Station. IMDb says several groups of people try to survive a zombie pandemic that unleashes itself in downtown Seoul. This story revolves around three main characters. Suk Gu, a father who searches for his runaway daughter. He-sun. Um, 
who he finds is alive and is currently a prostitute. He finds her through her boyfriend, Ki Wong, who tries to pimp him out to her, pimp her out to him before he knows who he is. And just as he's about to be reunited with her, a zombie epidemic breaks out in Seoul. So this, as I said, is an animated series. I don't particularly like this kind of animation. Um, but the story is, is pretty interesting. Um, so we have a, you saw the intro, what's going on. So this woman used to be a prostitute, then she got off the street. Um, and she's living with her boyfriend, but he's still trying to pimp her out to people. Um, and then there's this um, guy... I don't know if he's a homeless guy, but he gets bitten, and then he starts biting other people, and then everything goes to hell. So, um, the boyfriend ends up running into the father, and then they fight their way over to the woman, and you think that, um, well, we know since it's a prequel that, it's not going to be good, but you think that the three of them might be united, reunited, but then in a surprise twist, you find out the person who was called Daddy is actually her pimp, not her actual father. So he ends up killing the boyfriend, slicing his throat, and then he's beating her up. So at this point, it's like they forget that they're in a zombie movie, I think, because we really don't have time for such things. But um, he, she died. It turns out she had already been uh, bitten or injured or something. She dies, and in the end, she ends up killing him too. And that's the end of the movie. So it really talks about uh, some of the same themes as in Train to Busan, including uh, class struggles, um, homeless people, um, things like that. So, not a bad film. Um, as Again, as I said, it's animated, so that might keep some people from watching it. But if you want to see um, a prequel to Train to Busan, even though it really doesn't explain anything in terms of what happened. We already know from Train to Busan that supposedly there was a biotech plant leak, um, but it just shows what was happening at Seoul Station in the beginning. Third film is Peninsula. IMDb says a zombie virus has in the last four years spread to all South Korea, hence the name Peninsula. Four Koreans in Hong Kong sail through the blockade to um, Incheon for $20 million in, that's hidden in the back of a truck. So as we said, this takes place four years after Train to Busan, and an ex-military guy, Jung Suk, is trying to get a ship, initially trying to get on a ship to escape the country with her, his sister, her husband, and their son. Um, we later find out that the South Korean government crashes after one day after the zombie outbreak. So they did not last very long at all. So the group encounters uh, a number of people on the road, but they refuse to help them. And one is a woman and a little girl. Um, but they just keep on driving. And then after they get on the ship, a person turns into a zombie and then attacks his sister 
and her son, and she won't leave her son. So they both turn into zombies, and then he keeps his distraught brother-in-law from going into the room so they survive. And then he's racked with guilt, and his brother-in-law continually reminds him that he did not help them. So once they get an offer to go look for this money, they jump at it. And they're going to head back into South Korea with two other people. And the ship is going to take them under cover of dark. Remember we said zombies can't see during the dark. Um, and then it's going to come back and get them. So they got to um, go in, get the truck, make sure they got the right truck and the money's in the back, and then drive the truck to the dock. Um, the other two people that are with them are quickly killed. And then... Jung Shook is rescued by two young sisters who are driving a really fast car. The brother-in-law is captured by an ex-military unit and made to participate in some crazy gladiator-type fights. One of the guys from the group steals the money and then takes off. And then another guy is in hot pursuit and the brother-in-law ends up getting killed. Jung Shook escapes thanks to the mother of the girls. And then remember back to the woman that he did not help on the side of the road that had the little girl. That's actually her. So the two kids, the woman, her father, and Jung Shook head to the port. Um, the guy who stole the car gets there, stole the truck, gets there first. But when he gets the truck to the ship, they repay him for all of his work by shooting him, and then before he turns into a zombie, he backs the truck out through the cargo door, and thus letting all the zombies on the ship so they can kill them all. Meanwhile, the mother lays down on the car horn so that the two kids can get to a UN helicopter that the father had been conversing with uh, for some time. He ends up being killed in the gun battle, and then Jung Shook thinks about, you know, what happened previously in his life. And he ends up going back to help the mother so that um, not another family is torn apart. So in the end, all four of them, so the mother of the two kids and Jung Shook, get safely on the helicopter and head out of the peninsula. This movie had some great scenes, such as the pile of zombies uh, that were attacking in the gladiator scene that looked kind of like a crab. That was a, that was pretty fun. Um, some people have complained about this movie. Before I saw it, I heard not good things about it. Some people complained about it, and they call it Fast and Furious with Zombies because of all the car chases that are CGI cars, by the way. Um, I'll admit I got thrown out of the story a little bit thinking about how they were going to get around all the parked cars and all the zombies everywhere just by, you know, you're going to be blocked everywhere you turn around um, by all the cars that were just left on the highway. So that kind of took me out of the story a little bit. But if you just approach this as a separate story and don't compare it to Train to Busan, which I think is the problem, is that you, you're never going to be able to equal Train to Busan because it's the almost perfect movie in my opinion. Um... Otherwise, you could just in, enjoy this movie. Also, some I've heard people say that, you know, maybe this was just a standalone movie and then they want to cash in on Train to Busan by attaching it to that property. So I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it wasn't horrible. 
Now for some trivia. There's a possible English language remake in 2016. Gaumont acquired the rights to the English language remake of the film from Next Entertainment World. In 2021, New Line Cinema, Atomic Monster, and Coin Operated were announced to be the co-producing partners for the remake, with Warner Brothers Pictures distributing worldwide. Indonesian director Timo Tijonto, sorry I messed up the name, is in talks to helm the film while Gary Dopperman adopts the screenplay and co-produces the film along with James Wan. And of course you remember James Wan, we've talked about him many, many times before. Um, I, th- I just read somewhere that there was a plan to make a sequel called Plane to Busan. I don't know if that's true, but that didn't ever happen, if it was. And on YouTube, there are a bunch of fun videos regarding these films. So if you haven't checked them out uh, and you're interested, please do. They are Why You Wouldn't Survive, Train to Busan, Why You Wouldn't Survive, Peninsula, How to Defeat the Zombie Horde and Train to Busan, Everything Wrong with Train to Busan, Everything Wrong with Peninsula, etc. So those are fun to check out. Train to Busan is the sixth highest grossing domestic film of all time in South Korea. The actor, Madon Suk, the man with the pregnant wife, used to be Gong Yu's, the guy who plays the father's, personal trainer. Filmmaker Edgar Wright, who, you know, Edgar Wright of Shaun of the Dead, um, was a big fan of this film. Wright recommended the film in a tweet and called it, quote, the best zombie movie I've seen in forever. The word zombie is mentioned once in the film. And Train to Busan is director Sang-ho Yoon's first live-action film. His previous works were all animated features, which explains why we got Soul, the Soul Station movie shortly after the release of the first film. So he, who plays the character Jin-hee, is an ex-member of the famous K-pop group Wonder Girls. On August the 7th, the film set a record for the first Korean film of 2016 to break the audience record of over 10 million theater growers. The film premiered at the midnight screening section of the 2016 Cannes Film Festival in 2016. And Ma Dong-suk, again, was nominated for a 2017 Asian Film Award and the Best Supporting Actor category for his role as Sang Wool. And um, I gotta say, I really enjoyed him. I'm watching another series uh, on Netflix now with him in it. So, and the reason I'm watching it is because I saw he was in it. So, he is fun to watch on camera. First South American film to have a wide theatrical release in India in four languages English, Hindi, Tamil, and I don't know how to say this, sorry, uh, Telugu, T E L U G U but interestingly was not released in Korean. Gong Hyo, the father, was nominated for 2017 Asian Film Award for Best Actor category for his role as Suk Woo. Uh, filming began in April 26, 2015 and finished August 19, 2015. Train to Busan became the highest grossing Korean film in Malaysia, Hong Kong, and Singapore.
At the New York Times, Jeanette Kosolis selected the film for her critic's pick and took notice of its subtle class warfare. Shin Mo Young was nominated in the 2017 Asian Film Award for Best Editor category for Train to Busan. And the film serves as a reunion for Gong Wu and Jung Yu Mi, who both starred in the 2011 teen film Silenced. Interestingly, this is not the first um, Korean Zombies on a Train film. Horror Express from 1972 tackled a similar subject 40 years earlier, albeit less frenetically. Um, also, there's another um, Peril on a Film, Peril on a Train film, and that is uh, the South Korean movie Snowpiercer, which also I think has a TV series. Some people call Train to Busan Snowpiercer with Zombies. And then just a little bit of trivia about the other two films. The events in Seoul Station take place one day before the events of the live-action sequel Train to Busan. Song Ho Young was directed, also directed Train to Busan, a live-action sequel to Seoul Station, of course we know that, and Peninsula. Despite marketing as a sequel to Train to Busan, this film is a standalone movie that does not feature or mention any of the previous film's characters. The film, as we already said, takes place four years after the first film. The second Asian movie in South Korea using an IMAX camera with format 3D, 2D camera. So, why should you watch these movies? Well, I think you should definitely watch Train Busan. It's non-stop action once they get on the train. And I dare say it's one of the best zombie movies ever. I just watched it again before doing this and um, it definitely holds up. It, um, I think it's really good. It's one of the best out there. Everything is perfect about this movie, including the zombies and the emotional arcs of the characters. And uh, the actors, especially the little girl, are all excellent. You can skip the other two movies if you're not a big zombie fan. Um, I did enjoy them. Like I said, I'm not uh, necessarily a fan of that uh, type of animation, but I enjoyed the story once I got into it. And the third movie, Peninsula, really wasn't that bad, despite what some people say. Now, on to the recipe of this week. And obviously, you know, I'm going to go with some classic Korean dishes. A typical Korean meal consists of a bowl of rice, a bowl of soup or stew, and some side dishes as accompaniments. But within this basic structure, there are a deliciously wide variety of dishes for each season and palate. Koreans use a huge range of vegetables from wild greens to flowers to the leaves of flowers, everything from the sea including seaweed and jellyfish, all kinds of meat and poultry, and diverse preparations. Koreans may have numerous ways to pickle vegetables and wild greens for long storage, but they also prize raw fish and raw meat dishes. These are some of the classic plates you will find in Korean kitchens all over the world in restaurants and homes and special events and family gatherings in an everyday life. And again, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation of many of these words. Classic Korean bibimbap 
B-I-B-I-M-B-A-P. Looks gorgeous on a plate. It is also one easily tweaked for more or less spice for different palates. This recipe uses six vegetables, but you can use whatever you have in your refrigerator or garden. Koreans usually eat this rice dish with beef, but you can also top it with a fried egg, sunny side up. Korean beef barbecue. Um, Bulgogi, B-U-L-G-O-G-I, is probably the most famous Korean dish with thinly sliced meat that is a smoky, sweet flavor. You can enjoy it broiled, grilled, or stir-fried. The beef is usually accompanied with lettuce wraps and spicy red pepper paste for wrapping and spicing up the meat. Korean dumplings, mandu is a symbol of good luck when prepared as part of the Korean Lunar New Year festivities. These Korean dumplings can be added to a beef broth or anchovy broth for a dish called mandu gook and served with a traditional cylinder, cylindrical rice cake. This Korean dumpling recipe is made with ground beef or pork, but you will see them made with chicken or only vegetables. Stir-fried Korean noodles uh, called chap chae is one of the most popular noodle dishes in Korea. The glass noodles are made from mung bean or sweet potatoes and they become translucent when cooked. You can enjoy this dish cold or hot or as an appetizer or main dish. Korean pork belly, uh, basum, B-O-S-S-A-M, are deeply savory Korean pork belly lettuce wraps that walk a fine line between a light meal and an indulgent feast. Serve them family style so diners can assemble their own wraps according to their tastes. Korean stuffed chicken soup with ginseng, um, also called Sam Gai Tang, is easily made and allowed the seemingly universal culinary rule of thumb that it's consumed as a restorative when you're sick. But it is especially used to fight heat with heat in the summer as the ginseng and ginger will make you sweat. And there are a few more, but I will stop on this one, which is kimchi stew. This spicy kimchi stew recipe, also sometimes called kimchi uh, j-i-l-g-a-e is a great use for leftover or older kimchi in fact the older the kimchi the better it is in this stew as it adds rich flavor it's one of the most popular stews in korea and you'll find it most traditional restaurants it's served hot and you're guaranteed to break a sweat when eating keep plain rice handy as an antidote Um, and I think that's, that's all I'll go over now. I will include the link in the notes to the spruceeat.com for these recipes. And, um, I hope you enjoyed, um, this review of Train to Busan. Um, stay tuned for other South Korean reviews in the future. I've, uh, watched a number of South Korean um, horror movies and I really like them so until then 
We'll talk to you next week. Stay safe and have a good Memorial Day weekend if we don't talk to you before. Bye.